Hey everybody, welcome back to an episode of Cows and Canoes. My name is Brandon. Uh, your boy Nick. And Billy. And uh, today we are actually talking about Billy's uh, point of job here that he's been doing for 11 years, you said. Indeed. That it's been is, a lot of fun. And I was trying to think, I was like, holy shit, has it been 11 years? But, oh, nine. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was actually working at the liquor store while I was still bartending at Logan's. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for anybody that doesn't know, Billy's a regular on the other podcast. It's the first time on Cows and Canoes. So, if you want to learn more about Billy, go listen to Oklahoma Life. Um, there's not really much there. There really isn't. <laughs> well, there's a couple of beer tastings. There is, yeah, yeah. And some really hot sauce. Yeah, the Wings Day. Yeah, that was saucy. Yeah, yeah. My face hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Best quote of the night. Hey, at least I was brave. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're like, fuck it. Um, anyways, so let's talk about the beer business, man, or liquor business, or uh, purveyor of fine uh, alcohols and spirits. Um, so you've been doing it for long enough now that you got to go through the transition whenever Oklahoma, uh, you know, was only a three, two state. I think there's still one in the nation, right? Is it Colorado or is it uh, Utah? Um, Utah? I believe it's Utah. Yeah. Utah. Um, and there's also just some, um, counties that still do it as well. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. really, there's still really dry limited, counties in Oklahoma, but Oklahoma was the largest three, two yeah. purchaser mm -hmm. in the country. Yeah. So when you saw in your uh, bottles and they said, okay, plus and things, that's basically showing that it was three, two. So you got to see the transition. So I really want to start with that. So for anybody that didn't know, uh, three, two is basically if you sold in a, a grocery store or you sold a gas station or anything that wasn't specifically a liquor store, it had to have a max, uh, three, two, uh, by weight, right? Or is it by volume? I believe it was ABV by volume. Okay. Um, so with that in mind, the uh, transition happened and they opened it up to everybody. What were the biggest ramifications of that? Well, first off, the biggest issue was there was actually two bills that were going to do that. The mm -hmm. one that passed was that happening a year later than the other bill, which got no backing, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but the biggest changes, of course, were the Budweiser sales pretty much skyrocketed because people originally you know they thought that everyone wasn't gonna love high point beer and there were a couple complaints yeah, but sure. overall the consumption of just your generic Lotters. budweiser cores yep. those skyrocketed and you know the craft beer sales really took a really hard hit um that when they opened that up they also put wine in the grocery stores right and the wine sales for the liquor stores has plummeted as well uh, it's probably been cut in half Hmm. Um, and as well, like, you don't see nearly as many. We used to get really, you know, some interesting vintages and stuff like that coming through Oklahoma. You don't see a lot of that because... Grocery people, stores aren't going to buy it. Grocery stores aren't going to buy it, and people are buying a lot of their <coughs> wine there, mm -hmm. so they're not ordering or shipping those products here. Gotcha. So even though we went up to the, uh, the from the 3-2 to just regular beer at this point, um, you actually think it was more detrimental for the actual liquor stores then? It definitely was. I mean, while we did, you know, we got refrigeration, this, that, and the other, uh, the overall varieties <laughs> kind of took a hit. Um, and a lot of those people, you know, at the time who had to go out and look for interesting beers and, you mm -hmm. know, new, new things to drink, you know, who'd come in and talk to you and purchase lots of interesting products, they half the time, you know, sent their spouse or someone that goes just picks up Budweiser at the grocery store. So is it is it really just impacted the the daily Oklahoman kind of uh, the the cheap asses? Is that really where you see the shift? Like, are you still seeing a lot more of the guys that come in and and still buy, you know, the the higher level stuff? Has anything changed with those guys? In they've kind of fallen off as well. Uh, yeah, but mainly on beer. So now I have zero facts to back this up. <laughs> Story of my life. But <laughs> overall, our my whiskey is yes. Our whiskey and the high end whiskey sales have actually increased. marketedly increased. Okay. And I think it's because, like I said, if somebody's wife or girlfriend goes to the grocery store, they just buy them whatever beer they find, right. and they're like, "But honey, you've got beer." So when those guys go to the liquor store now, they're buying higher-end liquors, mm. you know, to keep around to have something nice, right. but they aren't, you know, so bothering before, to bring home the beer. Yeah, beers. you buy a nice bottle of wine or whatever, and that's just going to the liquor store, is now it's like, I'm going to buy this guy a nice bottle of whiskey. I like it. 
So then let's let's go to the uh, the other side of that, right? So you had mentioned uh, the craft beer took a, a major dip. Yeah. Um, do you think it's just that, or do you think it's the expansion also of like there are so many more brew pubs opening up? I mean, there's that was literally be my question because there's got, a shit ton of them now. You've do you got think that Broken has Arrow. You've got the one here in town in Owasso. Muskogee has one. You got fucking, Muskogee. You've uh, got was it three downtown? Yeah, at least. Uh, oh, at least four. Yeah. I was going to say, I know of at least three, so, you, I mean... Yeah, go ahead. How, how would how would that availability, because I know, like, the tap room for Marshalls, you know, you can go in there, buy growlers, buy stuff directly off the tap from the distributor now, as opposed to having to seek that out in the liquor store with the new change in the mm-hmm. law, You right? know, that's kind of hard to speak from a point from where we're at in Owasso. Okay. Because most of the people who are going to be buying beer at the liquor store probably weren't going to drive to Tulsa either way. Right. So are well, you saying you like Emerson Nice? Yeah. Emerson Nice doesn't really affect you guys? In we've now we've had their growlers. beers. We've all had their beers. Yeah, they're um, not great. No, they're not affecting my sales. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Bricktown is now doing growlers. Bricktown is, but their uh, their flagships are all like 4% alcohol. Yeah, yeah. he's right. It's more yeah, I remember that. low, low I, proof. That's if why people want it. their beer... People want their blueberry. It's the blueberry yeah, Kolsch. The, uh, and the, I mean, other than that, uh, I mean, none of their beers stout. really stand out. Six, right. six streams out. Yeah. But I mean, no, I, I could see, you know, if you were in a downtown location um, and mm-hmm. somebody was looking to purchase beer, that could be an issue. Okay. okay. But just, I mean, in our location, there's just, I mean, the closest place to really get beer if you want beer would be silver dollar out in collinsville mm, i yeah. mean they've got over 200 beers yeah. available yeah i, I um, haven't been there in a while but i do enjoy it i haven't been there since uh, somebody drove through their front door same yeah, actually <laughs> i have been since there one time yeah since the happened. problem is that it like we need a place like that more locally because like nobody wants to go to collinsville for anything really <laughs> you're not wrong so let, let's jump back to you in the business right so the next question that that was popping in my head just a few minutes ago um, is like in um, most industries, whenever it comes to retail sales, right? There's stuff that come in and out of season. Beer does that pretty regularly, correct? Right. So you know, there's a certain liquor store here in town who will not be named, um, who have way too much of of beer and things, and now they're just having to offload it for for basically whatever they can get out of it. Turns out sometimes they'll just give it to you. Yeah, I know. Uh, trust me, I yeah. Um, yeah, it's my military discount when I go there. Yeah, um, but. In in yours, which is a smaller mom and pop, and you don't have multi million you know dollars worth of inventory on hand, what does you know, you'd happen? really be surprised how much inventory is actually in a liquor store? Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, when we were in, we've moved, he said multi million. We've moved and upgraded two times. Yeah, and there was over a million dollars in product when I started there. So yeah, and I'm not disagreeing with you. The uh, the setup over there, though, I mean, they're oh, at yeah. least five I, million. I know. I'm saying that's like yeah. in the ten to fifteen range. Like yeah, we yeah, are yeah. in the three to five range at the size we're okay. at now. So with that, when you're carrying all this extra booze on hands, obviously whiskey's not going anywhere. Wine's gonna be fine. All of that, but beer is the problem, right? You have to stock enough that people buy it but going out on a limb to say okay well there's this really cool thing that's coming out not like Oktoberfest which everybody buys or you know whatever how do you balance the uh, best buy date in that I mean what do you guys do do you start pushing it like hey and you should really try this I don't know how people do it at other liquor stores but we have a strict if we don't believe in it We'll just tell people not to buy it. If if so, the beer's old, then why bring it in? What are you going to do with it? Well, generally, we try and bring in things <laughs> that we believe in. I mean, obviously, there are you know those consistent sellers and some weird things yeah. that you have to bring in. But we, I mean, if it's you know something that you can age well, we'll definitely consider you know bringing yeah, nine, more of it in and run with it. Yeah, yeah, or and the barrel age stuff. Um, and I mean, a lot of the time, as long as there's stock available to order. Until you know that it's starting to go out of season, we kind of just try and keep, you know, two to three mm-hmm. cases of any given thing on the shelf. And well, then if I'm thinking more like the uh, PBR coffee, which is really good. I've heard that, but people see it and they don't want a coffee beer from PBR, which is kind of the common concept out there. So you have to sell it to them or it yes. hangs yes, out. Yes, that was definitely a hand sell for a while. Yeah. Um, now a lot of people have tried it. Uh, it kind of is you know self-perpetuating actually yeah it's not a beer 
basically <laughs> no, an it, alcoholic coffee. No, yes. it's a malt beverage. I mean, like, oh, does it say malt yeah, beverage? It's That's not fantastic. a beer. It tastes like alcoholic chocolate milk. Um, I don't remember. There used to be some products like that on mm-hmm. the market. They, sure. They've long passed, but. If you want to drink alcoholic chocolate milk, if you like, you know, white Russians, mudslides, and you want something in a can to take to the lake, Mm -hmm. it's actually a really solid choice. You just have to get over the... First, you cover the part that says paps. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Excellent. Um, All right. So let's shift gears then. Like, so you're seeing whiskey move a little bit more. Um, is it specifically whiskey, or like is rum making a it comeback? Is specifically whiskey. What now, do you think is causing it? Would you say that's American single malt Scotch? Um, Are you seeing more no, Canadians? The, the Scotch market and the Canadian market, uh, pretty much riding about the same. Always, yeah. You drink, um, crown, you drink it's crown, you drink a crown. lot of, and I, I mean, I some of it's like I said before. I think people picking it up because they don't have you know a nice thing at home anymore. You know, when they were picking up nicer beers, they did. But, um, I mean, I feel the craft bourbon market is really exploding. There's, you know, ten times as many bourbons and whiskeys coming out of Texas as there was, you know, mm-hmm. ten years ago. There's all the stuff out of Colorado. Even Arkansas is just Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I remember Ten Cup coming out of Colorado. That was kind of like one of the first. Yeah, Ten Cup and then uh, Strain of Hands was Strain of Hands. Hands was right behind yeah. it. Um, you know, there was a really, you know, and it probably happened for a while, but there was a big boom in craft beers, you know, about seven years ago. Whenever Prairie hit the scene, yeah. Um, Prairie, yeah, but also, you know, a lot of sours from other places. Mm-hmm. A lot more people started experimenting with bourbon barrel. And the craft, you know, the craft beer market really ballooned and, you know, kind of exploded. And I kind of think the same thing's happening with whiskey. You're seeing them try a lot of different things. Mm. Um, sometimes not successfully, but... Fair enough. So let's talk operations then, right? So... Um, you know, it, it's kind of a common cliche in a lot of places that you go and rob a liquor store, right? Um, you had mentioned somebody had broken in one time out of 11 years. Yeah. Right? Um, so what happened there? And then do you think that was just somebody being stupid or, or what do you, what do you feel it was? So go ahead. Uh, I believe they eventually caught the person. It was the same person that had been doing a lot of the break-ins, like at the radio shack and all that. Basically, What's they, a Radio Shack? Well, um, it, it's got, you know, like a TP roof and a communication device in it. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. But um, it was it was a string of robberies that happened around Owasso. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they caught them and said it was the same people. Okay. Uh, basically, they took a large rock and threw it through our plate glass front door. No. Uh, went That's immediately to, to the left and grabbed the first two bottles they could find and left. What were the first two bottles? Uh, they got a bottle of Carlo Rossi and a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> okay, the Hennessy. Okay, Carlo Rossi is cooking wine, guys. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, hold on. That's what you drink at the party. You walk around with a three-liter jug of Carlo <laughs> yes, Rossi. Absolutely. And you drink that after you've drank all the Hennessy because yeah. nothing matters at that point. No, absolutely. <laughs> Carlo. Actually, I used to work with a guy um, and whenever I was at the grotto. Um, and he didn't get the giant jugs. He got the smaller, like one point five. Yeah, the manageable jugs. Um, and he would like he would take it. I prefer unmanageable jugs. Yeah, I like them where they're just all over I the place. I think we need to reinvent yeah. Edward Forty Hands with uh, <laughs> four, you know, four liter jugs of wine. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that guy, man, he would literally because he had squeeze bottles full of the wine, right? So you'd take it, he'd put it in the squeeze bottle because he'd use it in a pan, and then he'd. Put some in the pan, squeeze it in his mouth. Put it in the pan, squeeze it in the mouth. I mean, I know it's watered Terrible, down, dude. but they do that, you know, with sake at, you know, all yep. the hibachi places. They're mm-hmm. like, here's sake. Yeah, same idea. Yeah, except for he was in the kitchen and nobody else saw except for me. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, so is just to kind of change topic, is that like the hibachi grill operator's way of bukkakiing? <laughs> the table like is he just blowing his load in our face <laughs> no, sir, that's when he throws the shrimp ah because they've still got little little tails on them ah. you know actually the uh my favorite one is you know here in town the, the one over there off 96 that they have the little boy that pees yes anybody get that guy yeah yeah that's, uh, that's my i remember favorite when one. they like, first opened oh, golden showers <laughs> like people compl- there was even an, a news article about people complaining about that <laughs> you can obviously see their response their response was ha yeah, no. Watch great. me pee in your face, white guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Loved it um, every time. Uh, so, anyways, let's get back to the the liquor store side of life. Uh, theft, though, uh, there is a constant stream of products leaving a liquor store that are not purchased. So, and the cops 
really don't do anything about it. Okay. So it's kind of fortunately. What's the most common way? Is somebody just taking and pocketing it? Like, what, what do you see? Absolutely, seeing? purses. Yeah, it, I mean, Pulling purses, bottles. pockets. Most of the time, in the pants. It's it's almost always cheap bottom shelf crap because they come in you know those flat plastic travelers mm. they're really easy they're to hide. easy to hide yeah the big bottles a lot harder to hide than well to that it. and the nice bottles are higher up so you've got you know a good line of sight uh-huh and the yeah, stuff so you yeah. walk up grab a 750 of brunettes throw it in the pocket with the traveler you're gone that's it yeah yeah um i got some 99 we've had, bananas since i've been there we've had one uh grab and dash Oh, okay. We used to yeah. have our uh, PBR stacked. I remember that right by the front, front door. And yeah. one one time, some kid uh, grabbed it and hauled ass. The other guy who was working there thought about chasing him and then realized it's PBR. That's uh, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> when the PBR is worth more than I am by the hour, <laughs> you can suck it. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? So then let. Let's talk about the uh, the the grab and dashes for a second, right? Like, obviously, I'm sure you guys talk to other liquor store owners here and there, time and time, right? Yeah. Um, is that a major concern? Because I know in liquor stores, like, it's a little bit probably less of a concern than it is in like uh, gas stations. I hear it about in gas stations really heavily. I've not really heard a lot about it. There was um, we got a memo from one of the other liquor stores in town mm. about some dude who'd stole. 15 bottles of whiskey from their liquor store. How? Uh, he just kept coming back and doing it. I know. I'd have probably caught on about the third or fourth one. But yeah, no shit. So, you know, they, you know, sometimes, especially when we got somebody who does it multiple times, you know, pictures get sent around so, you know, everyone knows who to look out for. Right. For, I mean, I don't know how all the other liquor stores' relationships are amongst each other. Sure. But... Oh, also small enough. I get fine. along. Our, our liquor store gets along really well with mm. pretty much all the other liquor stores. Like they'll call us if you know they don't have something. I'll call them if we don't have something. For sure. So let's talk about that for a half second. You know, we talked about uh, choosing your liquor store, right? Um, people choose different liquor stores. Sometimes it is based on distance, right? So this is just the closest one. This is where I go. Some people will drive extra distance to go to certain liquor stores. We definitely have quite a few people who bypass the unnamed liquor store because yeah. they know that our beer is always in date. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I buy out-of-date beer because it's cheap, all right? Come I on. mean, I'm not saying I don't <laughs> shop there all the time, <laughs> but that's because it's closer. And you know, I literally can get like a 30-pack for the price of, I don't know, yeah, 12 Yeah, but um, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's definitely both. We've got We've got regulars who specifically come to our liquor stores either just because they trust our advice, mm. um, which is a lot of our repeat customers. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, just the fact that we will straight up tell people, no, that's bad, don't buy it. Yeah, right. There's I mean, an people, honesty and trust. People enjoy that. Well, and also uh, being where Billy's at, I worked for them in a small capacity for a short season as mm -hmm. well and something i saw is because of the location on the north side of town mm -hmm. you get a lot more of that flow into town versus you know especially since research is built there and all that mm -hmm. you can get into owasso and get back out to oolaga collinsville sky took and they've got a very it's a quick like, in and out yeah. and like what billy said is they've expanded three times mm -hmm. since he started working there and so it just keeps getting better so i think that's something that's really unique to their location mm -hmm. as opposed to the other five or six stores at we Wausau. don't really feel like i mean while we do get some people you know that drive clear across Wausau for this reason or the other we're kind of our own isolated market where we're at for sure so let's talk about that for a half second right so um we were mentioning you know before we started talking about how um, there's no like conglomeration of, of liquor stores in Oklahoma. Why do you think that is out of curiosity? It, it's, law. It's specifically, but I get that it's a law, but like, why do you think that is though? It was originally designed to promote small business. Okay. Um, if you look at some States, you'll have ABC liquor. Mm -hmm. Um, and generally speaking, ABC liquor has same prices. Every store you go to. Yep. Um, and because they're massive, uh, there's, they're going to undercut everybody. Gotcha. Um, so if somebody like that were to come in here, then you wouldn't have Oklahoman-owned liquor stores. You'd have ABC Liquor or... So you think it's actually a benefit more than it is anything else? I mean, I believe that one is. Yeah, okay. the individual communities. Now, like as far as like giant metros, I think Tulsa could support something along those lines and still have some... But it would put out 
the businesses within 10 miles of it easily. Honestly, yeah. when they changed to refrigeration, I'd, I'd say at least 10 to 20% of all the liquor stores in the state went out of business. I'd say 20 is probably on the, yeah. on the, mm-hmm. on the conservative. I, I, I would say it's probably closer to 30, especially with your small town stuff like that. Whenever you have a grocery store and mm-hmm. one shack of a liquor store yeah. or, or a double wide, you know, but when, stuff like that. Sorry, don't you no. think they would have been better just double downing on liquor itself? Because, I mean, liquor is a large market it out of is, beer and wine. It is, but it was the smaller liquor stores that already were a little higher priced. Oh, yeah. And they didn't have a ton of... On hand. And when you cut their business by 30%, let's say, mm-hmm. it, it cut yeah. them right out. We lost, uh, we lost a liquor store in Owasso. CNR went out of business. Off of Garnet. I believe yeah. both yeah. liquor stores in Skytook went out of business. Well, and that one that was uh, over by Kohl's went out of business too, didn't it? That, that one went before, out of though. business before that. Yeah. Uh, if you remember the- They weren't very good, though. I didn't like that Do you place. guys remember the, the people who ran the one that used to be over by the Callisters? Yeah, same people. Same people. Yeah. Same thing happened. Yeah. They, they were just... overpriced. They didn't have great customer service. And they didn't yeah. know what they're doing. And not even just like you can have like good customer service, sure, and in poor operations, and probably be fine, you know. But you can't have poor operations uh, with poor customer service. It just doesn't fly. Yeah, you, you kind of got to pick one. You can have great customer service and okay prices. You can yeah. have great prices and crap customer service. But yeah. you, you you can't have the bottom of both. Yeah, no. <laughs> like that's the problem. Yeah. I think they ran into. Yeah. Well, and something that whenever I was working for Boardwalk in the mm-hmm. distribution yep. aspect of it. Um, there were a lot of like there was a store in uh, Muskogee mm. that he literally could only order once a week and it was whenever they took all their money mm. and he, whatever he had left over after paying his bills is how much he could spend on booze Sure, and fair. so whenever you're doing stuff like that that's what Billy's talking about those kind of liquor stores weren't able to yeah. each week you'd be buying less and less booze and eventually yep. there's yep. There's no more cash flow. So let's talk about starting a liquor store because there's a lot of those things. It is a decently profitable business if you find the right uh, area. Location, location, location. Basically location, that, Location, yep. location, location. Um, but realistically, like, what do you think the bottom dollar cash on hand you would have to do to something like that? Because, I mean, you can't start a liquor store with $1,000. You can't start it with $5,000. Um, you probably need fifty, sixty, eighty thousand 80000 minimum for a small liquor store. I mean, that might, you know, cover fitting out the building, yeah. getting your licenses, but... You're looking more like I don't, two to two. I don't think you could successfully start a liquor store that was going to be successful in the future mm-hmm. with less than, like, $300,000. Yeah, that would... Because mm-hmm. you have to have the product on the shelf. Yeah. Now you have to have the coolers installed, too, so that price, you know, is probably... Just higher, yep. But if you don't have the initial draw, mm-hmm. you're not going to build momentum as a liquor store yeah, it's got to have location without question you know so if, it, if there is a need i get it yeah because like we lived in Pea ridge arkansas the nearest liquor store was over a county yeah, line now somewhere it was like a 20 that, minute drive somewhere and the guy like opened that, up and he was great it was fine you could start much smaller yeah. and grow well, no, he started with uh i think whenever i talked to him it was close to two hundred fifty thousand. yeah and it was there were three thousand people in town but so. i mean if you're the only pl- only game in town you could start small yeah. and grow yeah like you will you didn't ha- you wouldn't have to quite go in but mm-hmm. if there's yeah, any you competition build more of a community type yeah aspect. easily yeah. if there's any competition you have to at least have a strong you know out the gate so what That's do you think actually, actually made you guys? Just, we sit- brought a guy in from Pea Ridge. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. yeah. coaching. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, what do you think um, uh, made you guys successful from the initial piece? Because you started pretty early with that place. It wasn't uh, um, probably open maybe a year or two. So it, it originally opened under a different company before their company. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And that was Blackbeards. I remember uh, that, yeah. We were Blackbeards for a while. Okay. Um, the big issues were the original staff, Mm-hmm. We're douchebags. <laughs> there's really no right, other way to be honest. Put, I mean, like, we're terrible. Fair. Like they were, they were selling drugs out the back. They were smoking yeah. cigars oh, in the liquor store, oh, yeah, or just being douchebags, just right out front. You know, it was just not a welcoming environment. Um, they hired on my manager, which is Linda, who oh, been yeah. a bartender for 20 years. Yep. Um, At Chili, she was. Yeah, she was the bartender. Yeah, yeah. At she opened for a long it time. way back in the day. She. Yeah attempted uh hire on nick uh nick had already had another obligation at a different liquor store which shall not be named uh and so he was like hey but billy and and I was billy, like, billy was literally standing in front of me when she called me 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I was like, yeah, that's cool, but I get to wear whatever I want to work. <laughs> Deal. Done. I mean, yeah, well, that was... So had to be worked in did there. Did she finally get rid of the fedora? No. Okay. We have a strict no-hat policy for everyone but Billy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I know. So Also, they all have to wear shoes. Can't wear sandals to work. Except, except for Billy. Billy. So what is it, though, that made you successful other than getting rid of douchebags? I, I mean, mean, that's a common concept for every business, yeah, but, right? So we brought in Linda, who's got... She's d- decent with people. She's not the best people person, yeah, yeah. but she's decent with people. I feel that I'm pretty good with people. Mm-hmm. And we generally just kind of tried to build on that. Just We hired people, and we kept getting people who were engaging, who liked to talk to people. Knowledgeable on booze, or was um, that not a requirement? That was not a requirement. Okay. Um, when we started, when I started there, we had a really good beer guy that was working there. Um, I learned quite a bit about beer from him and whiskey because, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I knew a lot bartending. It turns out I was wrong. Fair enough. You learn so much more doing this side of the business than well, I yeah, ever thought there was. You have such a wider selection yeah. of things. Is that like in, in a regular, you know, let's just call it, you know, I don't know, a Logan's Roadhouse is an example. Uh, you got let's call it fifteen whiskeys at best. At yeah, best, right? How many whiskeys do you think you you had at the height of when you guys had whiskey? It had to be over a hundred. Two hundred. Uh, I ju- I did this math just the other day. Because I mean, uh, now, are you talking American whiskeys? Or are you talking just whiskey? Whiskey, just whiskey. I'd say at minimum two hundred, two or three. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, actually, no. It'd probably be closer to four if you're oh, like shit. counting Irish and Scotch and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that. We, I mean, if you, you've been in, oh well, no, of course, no, one I know. Half of our store has turned our whiskey mm-hmm. the wall. expanded <laughs> from a six shelf section. I remember that, to, or you know, it's basically and even on the entire six, side of the building now. Yeah. Now, now, if you're talking just brands versus styles, no. yeah, yeah. if you're talking styles, absolutely four hundred. If you're talking brands, you're looking at about a hundred mm-hmm. to hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay, so let's let's switch gears then, right? Um, so you are a purveyor, right? You are a guy that talks to people, sells it, what have you, right? Um, there are people out there listening right now that always go to liquor store and they trust the person that, that they're talking to. How much of the job is actual bullshit? Depends From, on how much you know. <laughs> it's It's basically that. For I mean, after I worked on my knowledge and I did a lot of research and a lot of hands-on research. <laughs> I was going to say by research. Both. I did both. I've done a lot of reading and a lot of drinking. You know. Um, Same time. But generally speaking, I've oh. always been of the opinion that I'm not going to lie to somebody about something. Okay. Um, and a lot of the time, the staff is generally just instructed, if they don't know something about it. Tell them straight out. Just, yeah, tell them straight send out. Send them to Billy. Or send them to Billy or David mm-hmm. or... Somebody should be on shift that knows what the fuck they're talking about. Fair yeah. enough. So, like, whenever we would work together, uh, I think Billy would do more about the beers. And at that point, I was drinking more of the wine and whiskeys. Mm-hmm. So, it would be Billy would go until he couldn't, and then he'd send them my way. Or I'd go until I couldn't, and then I'd send them Billy's way. And he has his preferences on yeah. mine. So, it kind of depends on the customer as to who we would necessarily recommend sure. because if if i'm a scotch drinker but you want to talk about red wine i'm not going to know as much right. as someone who drinks wine and so it's just kind of like that so a lot of liquor stores at least the ones that i've been a part of try to have specialist so let's talk about the uh, the other side of it right so when you're when you're uh, building a culture around a liquor store right and you're, you're trying to gain clientele base right um, there's always certain types of people that you're okay with having in and then other people that you're all like this fucking dude right and great example uh, restaurant style uh, good old drunk Dan right and you're like this fucking dude I personally don't care no I get along with everybody, generally speaking. Sure. There are some clients that come in that the other people that work there are like, this fucking guy. Yeah. And I'm like, really? So, so let's talk about those you know, people that are working with them. If you were talking to the masses to say how not to be that fucking guy, what is it that you think is causing that, that strife? 
Um, I mean, generally, the guy for most of the people there at work is the guy who comes in and buys minis three times in a day and wants hugs. Oh, he's getting drunk at work. You buy no, a mini. No, he don't have a job. No? No, he does not. Have- Why are you buying minis? Because that's all his girlfriend will buy for him. Oh, shit. But, I mean, it's it's those people who, instead of buying your booze and going home, mm-hmm. you go out and about, you buy booze, you come back, you buy booze, and you just keep buying small amounts of booze, and eventually you're out and about and drunk, and then they want to stand around and talk for an hour because... Mm-hmm. We if are, they go home, they're going to drink the rest of their booze. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're friendly at the liquor store. We try and be, so you know we're not going to tell you, you to get the fuck out. In a restaurant, you're not supposed to sell to an intoxicated person. No, once they are visibly and clearly intoxicated, we are definitely not supposed to sell to them. Okay, how often does that happen? Um, pretty rarely. Okay, but sometimes they'll just show back up to hang out and talk. So they're probably drunk. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they're not buying anything at that I point. I mean, fair, yeah. They're just, you know, they're looking around and they're talking and, you know. Yeah, I don't have anywhere else to go and I just want to talk. Yeah. Fair Pretty enough. Much. Fair enough. So let's talk about the uh, the next steps that you see happening in the liquor culture and the booze culture and all of this other stuff. Because, you know, it's a really weird concept for a lot of people that, uh, you know, whenever you're going out and your entire job is based around alcohol, there's a lot of people who don't drink and want to see it like outlawed. Then Oklahoma's, you know, still trying to get back on the page with the rest of the country. Do you, do you see hard liquor showing up in, in grocery stores? No, because I mean, it is in other States. That is a thing. Virginia. I know for a fact, it used to buy hard liquor at the the grocery store, but that one is very split. I mean, at most it's half the country. I mean, places that do it, do it the places that don't do it aren't gonna switch to it no why do you think that is though um i mean most of the place like you're gonna have if you have small business run liquor stores Mm -hmm. you would basically put all liquor stores in your state out of business um the distribution the distribution totally changes when you do that Mm -hmm. you'd be putting your distribution i mean it would and I mean, either your your infrastructure is set up for it to be that way, mm-hmm. or it's not gonna, because it ju- it changes too many things. Yeah, you're talking about many jobs. We're all relying on politicians making sense, though. So let's be clear here. Okay, I mean that's true, but I mean all generally speaking, the voter bases are either one way or another. Mm-hmm. And these groups, I, I can't speak for anywhere else, but in Oklahoma, you're pro liquor store lobbyist would never sit by and let that go yeah i'm i can't believe they let wine let the the, well no they were cool with that Hmm. um there was a small business backed liquor bill that was going to do all the same things Mm -hmm. a year earlier remember that yeah but it wasn't gonna gut the distribution side it wasn't gonna cater to mm-hmm. Walmart and Reesers who basically wrote the bill. Yeah. Like, we're not allowed to have liquor tastings anymore. Well, uh, we can. Yeah, not on we site. Have to, a whole different place. Well, that was always the rule. Yeah. But now, beforehand, the vendors, when they had new products, would bring their own products and, and taste clientele. And yeah, basically, they would jo- donate the booth. Right. Any If we want to have a liquor tasting now, we have to personally buy all of the booze. And then we can have our liquor tasting somewhere Seems else. Seems weird. Well, that's because... Oklahoma wants its tax money. Yeah, I know. It's not just that. Uh, the major grocery stores weren't going to do liquor tastings. Mm. Um, and they felt that it gave us an unfair, unfair advantage. advantage. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Fuck me. Yeah. You know, and that's one of those things like, you know, we all remember, you know, the whenever... Uh, what the hell is it called? The cinnamon... Uh, Fireball. fireball was it fireball no whenever we all went out and it was uh uh we whiskey me nick god it was years ago billy and i we went to the gay club together majestic oh, god i missed out on that one did he no he didn't miss out we were all there it was a uh, tasting with uh oh he did um that was Tuwaka Sinister. Tuwaka Sinister. I believe at bar 51 which yeah. i don't believe it's not there anymore. is there anymore yeah. Oh, right. were, I remember that. You said the gay bar. Well, we went to we the did, gay bar we after. We went to the gay bar. We did. Billy yeah. and I did, for sure. Oh, did I know. you not? I'm pretty sure you did. 
Did I get my ass grabbed for by it, a black man in a red Probably. Suit? Not, I don't think so. There, there was like no one at the gay bar. We were just going somewhere to drink after gay we drank. Gay yeah. I hate that song. That's your fault, by the so, way. So um, the point was, though, <laughs> is that that was all hosted by a distributor. Correct. Uh, who was right. actually selling the product. And so that's no longer legal then, is what um, you're saying. If he purchases the booze, the bar would have to purchase it. Correct. To give the bar it away. would, ha- um, but yeah. they can't give away booze anymore. That that law piece of it, I thought, um, you can no longer give away alcohol at a bar or restaurant. That's gone, right? Uh, no, I'm, I've been out of that business for. I think you can't do that anymore. Long. Though. I don't think that could happen again. Actually, because I'm pretty so sure do you guys do. You um, are you gonna give away Actually, alcohol. no, because uh, so there are still product tastings. Um, what just, does that look like? But are they in bars or restaurants? Uh, ours was at uh, a bar. Okay. Um, now it's not necessarily open to the public anymore. Okay, that might be so. A like as well. we get invited to you know much a less party, yeah. But closed party tastings. Yeah. The last one was uh, at whatever that elevated bar downtown is. Oh yeah, up in the hotel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the Mayo. Um, Mayo. We, no, Summit uh, Club. Right by that's the one I was thinking of. By McNelly's, it's off the strip. It's like bar forty-two, or it's up on like <laughs> the fortieth floor bar. It's a balcony bar. Maybe it's called balcony bar. I don't remember. Anyway, um, yeah. So if it's a closed thing, that might be a different concept. I don't know what the actual law is on that one, but I know the open parties where you can't give out. Yeah. So like back whenever we were in the business, we used to go to the tasting at the Cox Center, yeah. or you had, yeah, or that you, was or a you, good or time, you, or you had Wild Brew. Um, mm-hmm. anything like that? Wild Brew so the things last year. like the uh, the tastings at the Cox Center, which were the Jarbo tastings, Jarbo tastings, they could do those if they wanted. Um, one of the side effects that we haven't really talked about of the law changing though was um, so basically everyone's got a monopoly on their products. Yes. Um. So like, if Jarbo carries Bacardi, nobody else in the state can sell Bacardi anymore. Um. And because of that. Every distributor, I'd say, except for Boardwalk, which is in turmoil at best right now. Yep. Um, they've pretty much cut their customer service. Um, beforehand, we yeah, got... Yeah, because you didn't have to have it now. Beforehand, customer service was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to impress you. They They'd wanted to... Oh, Yep, they wanted tasting, so you'd do this, mm-hmm. you'd do that. And now um, they don't have to, so they don't. Well, see, that's, that's an interesting thing, because when I was in Arkansas, I was the bar manager at a restaurant... Um, and you know, I don't. They are still hand on, hands on with Different bars places. and restaurants, yeah, yeah. but liquor stores they kind of well, stop caring. What I was going to say about. though is that we, I was talking with them about on-site versus off-site, you know, uh, distribution concepts. Right? Yeah, and uh, one of the things that was interesting, Arkansas is not in the same law that Oklahoma is, to be clear. Um, you know, but they they end up having a different. Um, uh, compensation model for how you sell a restaurant versus how you sell a liquor store. I believe they do here too. Okay, um, they so, do like any of the distributors. They have on-site and off-site. Well, um, I mean compensation merchants. for the uh, actual um, sales reps because they're still they're still sales based. Yeah, but I'm saying um, like here too, you have yeah. on-site on-site or off-site sales reps. Nobody does both in Arkansas. They did both. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they they would have these different things, and then like right across the street from my restaurant, there was a liquor store uh, that did growler fills. Right, so there was whenever um, uh, C um, CBS launched. It was the last time CBS launched. Is when I was there. Um, the liquor store across the street had a promotion running on it where I could get a growler for twenty dollars, a sixty four ounce growler for twenty bucks. That's phenomenal for CBS, right? But then on my side, when I was buying a keg of it, it was like 180 fucking dollars. And I was like, okay, dude, so you have to explain this to me. How can I walk across the street and buy a growler for 20 bucks that would, I would have to sell at a 50% margin? Because um, it only came in, you know, six barrels. Um, or no, they came in third barrels. Um, I'd have to sell it for at least... 35 40 bucks to be at a 50 percent margin like how does this work um he was like well we get more kickback for getting the liquor store to buy kegs right so what he's doing is they're they were chopping the price as much as they could because the sales rep made more um yeah they can't price chop here Uh, no they never really could now back before all the laws changed if the reps wanted to get something done Mm -hmm. they could incentivize the liquor stores or the bars with things like 
gift cards. Glassware, whatever. No, no gift cards. No, gift cards. Oh. Specifically gift cards. Um, couldn't give them <laughs> cash. Visa gift cards. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, let me tell you how many Best Buy dollars I... <laughs> I conned out of my. I, I would definitely be like, here's a hundred dollars, and I'd get like four hundred dollars in Best Buy cash. God damn! Just because they wanted the cash, cash. Yeah. So that always worked out nice. But yeah, they would incentivize with gift cards because it was illegal to do cutbacks or cutting prices. Gotcha. Um, and I believe that one still holds up. Like, okay. The price the bar gets is the price the liquor store gets. See, um, that's interesting because that was not the case in Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, which is also something interesting. Everyone should know the bottle of wine that you buy at mm-hmm. the restaurant or the bar. They generally speaking price a glass of wine. Yeah, about one and a half. Gla- yeah. One and a half glasses of wine should pay for the bottle. Is the general mm-hmm. operating. So anything you can find in a restaurant or a bar, unless it's their specific exclusive product, mm-hmm. you can find at any liquor store if you just ask. For a fourth of the price. Yeah, exactly. So let's ask that real quick. So, um, what is the general markup in a, in a liquor store? Generalized. Um. So. Hmm. Oh, look, speaker cables. Right now, um, for whiskeys, uh, we're running um about twenty percent. Twenty percent markup. So that's not actually much at all. No, wine used to be thirty percent, okay. but with the law change, we had to go down to I believe twenty twenty five somewhere in there. But what about beer? Beer is usually about twenty to twenty five, depending on the beer. So because it has shrank in overall volume, did that adjust? Did your markup drop because you were selling less, or did did it increase? Uh, no, the shelf space that it occupied shrank. Ah, okay. We expanded whiskey. So you didn't change the actual uh, No, I mean, we're not going to... Yeah, can't... uh, The prices are still competitive around town. For sure. Pretty closely, so, you know, we're not going to go and change the markup and, you know, skew that one way or another. She wants you to open the door, is all she wants. Um, She's lying to you, but she wants you to open the door. (laughs) My dog was putting the head on the lap. But, yeah, so basically we just restructured where our inventory was at. Okay. We got rid of beer shelves. We added whiskey shelves. Um, The market for, you know, White Claws and such has uh, been on the rise, of course. I was going to ask about that, actually. So There's about 20 different ones now. Yeah, but not just hard seltzers. But do you think that you've seen an increase in those kind of things because it's seasonal? Um, you know, obviously those are really starting to pick up popularity or like uh, early March. I remember. No, it's definitely not a seasonal thing. No, uh, it's the no sugar. Really? You think it, that's what's it, causing it? That's entirely it's light beer has always had a market for a reason. Absolutely. Uh, and the, the white claws, those adjacent things that have one to two grams of sugar, no carb, this, mm-hmm. that and the other. That's yeah. that's entirely why they're selling. So what do you think the long term is on that one? Do you think that's going to like uh, replace Mick Ultra kind of idea? Um, <laughs> I mean, at some point it may, but generally speaking, guys prefer beer to those fruity things probably just for vanity. You know, at that, yeah, it's a vanity thing at that point. So even if they're drinking Michelob Ultra, they're still drinking a beer. They're not drinking a White Claw. Fair enough. So, I mean, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Uh, there's always going to be, you know, people of both genders who would rather drink a beer than a fruity seltzer. Fair enough. So, let's let's uh, we're getting near wrapping where I want to be on this one. So, let's get to um, if somebody is coming out to your liquor store and they're looking for the best deal they can get. And what I mean by that is the closest uh, to what you pay for kind of idea, right? So... Um, you know, beer, liquor, whatever, 30% markup, 25% markup. Is there anything out there that's like, this is at like a 5 to 10% markup? Like, what is the best deal that's out there for people coming to actually right. buy? So I'm not saying this is a deal, but just because of the popularity and the way it works, generally speaking, the markup on Crown Royal is lower than the markup on anything else in a liquor store. Okay. Because your Crown prices have to be kind of level with everyone else in town. Because yeah, so it's, it's like thirty bucks such for uh, a big moving yeah. product. Generally speaking, though, you're not going to find things that are just the secret low markup. I don't mean so much the secret though. Like I mean, like if they're looking for, um, you know, great deals, how do they find a great deal in a liquor store? 
I mean, that's going to be person dependent. Like, what do you consider a great deal is? Do you want the best quality for X amount? Do you want the most quantity? Like, great deal is going to vary depending on the person. Okay. I mean, great deal in wine is obviously box wine. There are actually some really good box wines. The Black Boda box, box, the Boda Box. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there's another one which is... Peter Vela. Not Peter Vela. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. That was terrible. Um, no, was I believe it? it's a Downward Dog. It's a newer box wine. I have not seen that one. Um, they're, all their wines are actually really good. What was the one that had, like, there was one that was, like, the Firehouse, and then there was, like, it had some really artsy stuff on there. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, the Big House oh, Wines. Big House. Uh, yeah, so we don't get, we don't get those anymore. Okay, I don't blame you. It wasn't a great so, product. Um, actually, their Pinots were really good, um, and the, so they had a good selection of bottled wines. Yeah. Their box wines weren't amazing. All right, the reds, so the reds left. The other lot. question I was going to say is face value of when somebody is shopping for beer, wine, rum doesn't fucking matter. Uh, how much does the marketing really impact somebody's buying? Do you notice somebody actually looking and say, I bought this because the label is cool? Like, how much does that really impact somebody's decision? I'd say 10 to 15% of people purchase based on product appearance. Okay. Um, I mean, that's a good amount, though. Would you say that that's more towards wine or more towards craft beers um, or I would, just in general? I would say craft beer is probably less so. Um, mo- most of the time, people are purchasing craft beers. They know what they want mm-hmm. they style idea. wise or brand wise mm-hmm. okay um but with liquor bottles uh, we get a good there's a good amount of people that look for cool looking bottles mm-hmm. um or cool labels funny labels is probably the most common thing for wine when they're buying a gift they want like see and a that's funny why, word on the label that's why What's i always that? thought 19 crime sewed really well um not like i've tried it it's okay it's not great it's not bad um, but, you know, I, I remember several people coming into the restaurant I used to work at and asking for it whenever it came out. Not because it was good, I don't think. Um, 19 Crimes outmarketed Menage a Trois and yeah. products like that. It's a slightly higher residual sugar on mm-hmm. most of their wines. Right. So it was appealing to more people, but that was all in the marketing side. I agree. They did do that living labels thing after the Walking Dead wines did it. I don't think I remember that. But that was never a big factor. Hmm. Their products, I mean, their product labels weren't ever really the draw. No? Yeah, I, there was, um, I can't remember the name of the brand right now, but it was, was it Kung Fu Girl? Kung Fu Girl is still one of my best selling mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, so mm-hmm. what what is I that exactly brand, that though? Is. I know they're out of Oregon. I can't think of it. But they had several labels that were very unique. Yeah. They were... Um, because like they had like a boom boom. Is it? It might be David James. I know it's it could a f- be David James. If it's not David James, they are affiliated with, with David them. James. Yeah, I would agree. Um, with and that. yeah, they do a very. It's just stark white hmm. with a graph. You know, with an all black graph. Well, they it's do a very, that. It's it pops. It they, stands out. Yeah, they yeah. do that with different styles too. Just the kung fu girl is the one that sticks out in my head. Yeah, no, you're good. The uh, the interesting thing there is that. Um, so it'll it'll make some effect. You don't think it's a uh, deciding factor in most people, though. No, and I'd say when you get to whiskey, it's a non-factor as well because most people who want whiskey. All right, so real talk. Yes. S- scotch versus whiskey versus bourbon. Yes. For the layman, does it matter? Very, very much so. Okay, for the layman. Yes. Not somebody who's trying to get the nuances. I, I, I completely understand that. Um, for the layman, if you want a whiskey, you want a Canadian or an American whiskey. You know, your flavors are going to be similar across the two. Canadian is a touch sweeter for the most part. Agreed. Um, when you get into the Irish, uh, it starts to be a little different. Mm-hmm. If you don't like Irish whiskey, don't go near Scotch. Don't go near it. Um, mm-hmm. Scotch, for the most part, while there are some nice, subtle, soft, sweet scotches, half the scotches are also going to be very smoky, very mm-hmm. woodsy. Oh, no, scotches are going to have more, generally speaking, pronounced flavors than mm-hmm. any of your other whiskeys. Mm-hmm. 
My suggestion for somebody who wants to get into scotch is go to a bar and try some scotch. <laughs> Don't buy a bottle? No. Uh, I mean, nine times out of ten, people it? come in and they're like, you. I want some scotch. Uh, you know, you remember we bought that. If you that don't know what you want, yeah. See that face? There's this one time we bought a bo- or I bought a bottle of Islay scotch, and like, um, it was initial Copenhagen cow shit. That's literally what. Well, I mean, I felt like I was giving Pete you know, a little too much attention. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> But, yeah, no, I think um, whenever I'm comparing whiskeys uh, and I get to scotches, I tend to talk more about if you have any education in beer, mm-hmm. scotches are going to be your IPAs. It's going right. to be a wild card. You're never really going to know what mm-hmm. it is, and that's what Billy's trying to get no, to with the experience is everything when it comes to oh, scotch. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And so, like, um, if you have someone that's been in whiskeys and you're looking for – that next step, like Billy mm-hmm. said, Tullamore Dew is a good Irish uh, to go I to love, to kind of open up Tullamore. the palate. Actually, you know what my favorite uh, starter scotch is? Famous Grouse. If you don't like... If well, that's, that's, that's Grouse? Yeah, Famous Grouse. Grouse? Yeah. That was Grouse. It's okay. Oh, I'm a terrible person. I thought it was Yaya Dingo. <laughs> Yaya Ding Dong. Ding Dong. Um, um, anyways. anyways. Sorry, Eurovision. Um... um Terrible but yeah, so with uh, but it stuck with us all clearly. I know, right? obviously. The um, thing about scotches is, you know, the Irish, the Tullamore Dews, and even the Freckin Irish whiskeys. You Freckin, know, yeah. Freckin, yeah. Freckin, that, that one's Freckin, a little hotter. Yeah. So, Freckin, so yeah. it, it gets a little hotter, a little more spice to it. Do you guys remember Spice Box? Yeah, still one of my favorites. I wish it was still around. It's not though. if you cream soda whiskey. If absolutely, if you're dude. at the point where you can tell somebody why and what you like about a whiskey. There is probably a scotch I agree. for you. I agree. But until you get to that point just on whiskey where mm. you enjoy it and you can tell somebody why you enjoy it, yes. you should stick, stick to Jack to, Daniels. No. No, don't drink Jack Daniels. No. Jack Daniels. Learn your lesson. It hurts. Jack well, Daniels. It hurts me that you is, can't pick up caramel and vanilla notes. Suck it. You can. You can pick but up I can also horseshoes pick up- and glue. <laughs> It's corn and glue. That's what Jack Daniels tastes like. It's 49% Cuervo. Yeah. It's, you're not wrong, actually. I know. Um, they, they use 49% grain alcohol, yes. just like Cuervo does, because yeah, yeah. they're owned by the same people. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. So, uh, I will say... That's actually a common misunderstanding. They don't use grain-neutral spirits in Cuervo. Uh, Hoven tequila that's made like that, they use 49% cane sugars, this, that, and the other in the mash. Yeah. Um, and then they distill that down. So it's that they not can actually, actually the, unlike uh, whiskeys where they actually pour you know, it in, add it in with a tequila. They ferment it in. They're actually just fermenting a subpar product, blanching the flavor and adding a flavor packet. Yes. Ah, so correct. it's actually a different process. Okay. So let, let's wrap to um, the final piece for anybody coming into the liquor store and they don't know what they want. And they go, I don't know, man. I just, I just need something. I don't know. I, I'm buying it for a gift, and I don't know what that person likes. Or, so when you have those indecisive, whatever, what's the go-to that you're going to be able to get for somebody now that's, across the board? That's the hardest one. Is when I'm buying it for a gift, and I don't know what they yeah, like. Yeah. So what do you do? What, what's the best solution? I mean, generally speaking, it, you, you play a game of twenty questions. I okay. Mean, does this person? drink sweet things do they drink soda do they drink things like that mm-hmm. have you noticed any bottles of anything that they've ever drank so that we can at least get a direction um i mean generally speaking you you run down those first because at that point if you don't know anything about the person then we're both just flying in the dark <laughs> fair enough um and and beer, that beer, at that point wine. you mm-hmm. give me a price if you got none of that you just give me a price range and we find a pretty bottle <laughs> I mean, that's that's All where right, that like one's it. at. Like Cupcake it. Moscato for you. No, Ooh. no. I mean, if Oof. you like, you know, sweet and bubbly, it's not the best choice, but it's not a bad choice. No. But, I mean, yeah, generally speaking. Well, I'm not going to give them the Marco Negro. They don't deserve it. Generally speaking, even if you don't know what you want going into a liquor store, mm-hmm. you know, be prepared with how you'd like to drink it. If you want to mix it with a juice, if you want to mix it with a soda, mm-hmm. are you trying to avoid sugar? Are you gluten-free? Something that a lot of people don't know, according to the celiac mm-hmm. you know, disease website, um, all distilled spirits are gluten-free. And American schnapps 
are naturally gluten-free. I did not know the schnapps American schnapps, not other schnapps. Yeah. But they're all naturally gluten-free. Yeah. Um, there's also an expanding selection of gluten-free beers. Uh, New England Fine Fermentation, or New Era Fine Fermentation Era, downtown. Yeah. They're canning and selling to... Mm-hmm. So there's even, you know, some Oklahoma native... Mm-hmm. gluten-free beer options now so i mean that's you know there too okay. but just you know be, be prepared to ask some questions about sweetness how you want to drink something and generally speaking they should be able to find at least something close to where you're trying to get heard that so let's let's ask the final question set for me and the nick you can have your final question um somebody that wants to get into the business of selling booze uh, where do you recommend they start at? Do they start with just literally understanding the booze and everything goes with it? Is it a business base? Do you just try to find investors and hope for the best? Where Where do you the start? The guy who owns my liquor store, while he does have a love of whiskey, he bought it as an investment and hired out a staff. Business knowledge is more important than anything else if you want to run a liquor store. You don't have to be the guy who's there. Fair enough. Um, I mean, to manage a liquor store or, you know, if you want to be hands-on, you're going to have to do a lot of research and a lot of learning. But if you just want to own and operate a liquor store, you just need to learn the business side, learn your markups, do your research on other liquor stores, and go from there. I mean, and have a lot of money. <laughs> Fair enough. Nikolai, final question. Um, What has kept you in it for so long? I mean, this is obviously the longest job that you've probably maintained in your short life Mm -hmm. so i'm just curious you know what is it that you find so appealing about this type of work what what makes this satisfactory i mean for me i'm i'm not obviously the most important person to liquor store i'm i'm not the manager the operator i guess i'm almost the assistant but we don't get titles i do get the most money though I mean that that counts. Um, and the perks of the hat and yeah, I know. And I get to Joe do. Jackson. I get to. I get to make my own schedule and do whatever I want. Um, that in and of itself is nice. That's mm-hmm. stupid. Um, I know, right? <laughs> but I like talking to people. I mean, that's really probably the one thing I enjoy most out of anything. And to be able to go to work and have people come in, you know, and they they really just you know talk to me like I'm their friend, you know, sit mm. around and bullshit. I so, mean, it's work, but, you know, I enjoy it. It's not like I'm doing anything. So sure. follow-up question. Hey, you, that's not fair. No, I'm, I'm following kidding. up to that question, though, is that to to answer in a, in, out of curiosity, do you think it's the comparison to the restaurant industry versus this of being in it for as long as you were? Because you were in the restaurant industry for a while. Do you think it's that you're no longer, you know, um, reliant upon anybody but yourself with still being able to handle all the customer service, everything else. Because in the restaurant, I had to not only take your orders and, and get everything right, somebody else had to carry the legwork of, of actually making the food, making sure it was done properly, and, and blah, 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 blah. Do you think that uh, it's it's because it became a one-stop shop for you where it was um, just my show versus having to worry about moving parts? I don't know if I wouldn't go back to bartending or something like that. Okay. Um. But for me now, I've got a family, and again, I make my schedule. I, mm-hmm. I Whatever I want to work is what I work. If I want to work two hours in a day, I work two hours in a day. Um, and that's not an availability you're going to find in the restaurant business. Fair enough. I mean, in the restaurant business, I need to at least have a certain set of availabilities, and... Mm-hmm. My wife has, you know, more of a job than I do. Um, <laughs> no, sir, I don't. I planned ahead, but thank you. So I, you know, I've got to be available to take care of my kids. Fair um, enough. And something like a small business liquor store, you know, where you really know your managers, where you get mm-hmm. along with everybody, is someplace where you can really just work when you need to. Yeah, it's good. All right, cool. Well, that's the only thing I had there. Uh, anybody else have any questions? Final thoughts? You have any final thoughts, William? Do your research. Do your research. 
Um, hey, first, uh, thank you very much for coming out and actually doing this one. Um, I know it's uh, a little bit weird um, because we already know most of these answers because we all know each other way too fucking well. Um, I mean, we've all basically. I mean, yeah, you not so much liquor store, but I mean, me yeah, and Nick no. have been there. I got booze enough and, experience. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's just you know I appreciate you coming out. I know it's a different concept, um, but I'm gonna go with my final thoughts for anybody that wants to uh, go out to a liquor store um, and go buy booze and you know understand what's going on. I'm gonna tell you straight up: don't buy the same thing twice. I want people to be adventurous, have a good time with it. If you don't know what you want next, ask the guy at the, at the stand. He's going to have some idea. But honestly, my advice to anybody going to the liquor store, don't buy what you bought if you That's can. That's true. Buy something new. Try something new. Ask questions. If you go into a liquor store and you ask questions and they don't know the answer and you come back again and they don't know the answer, go to, no, go no, to no, a no. different liquor store because there are going to be places out there where they have almost mm-hmm. all the answers they Absolutely. can i can tell you about 80 to 90 percent of the products on my shelf from research or personal experience <laughs> probably personal experience <laughs> probably both <laughs> <laughs> um my thing would be go in with preferences and an open mind tell them what you like go with recommendations it's, Absolutely. it's, it's about the experience here and, and for me alcohol has always been an option to enhance mm-hmm. um, or to expound upon experiences. And so Absolutely. that's kind of whether whether you're doing it in a small group around a campfire, whether you're doing it with a large family at a fish boil, you know, what, whatever it is that you guys are doing, it's just Shot enjoy life. Tequila before you army crawl into the house, you know, whatever. Don't hate. Don't it, hate. Was, it was a liter <laughs> bottle and I drank a fifth in seven seconds. But that's another story. You right. know, hey, she told me not to get drunk before she got home. She got home. Her fault. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we'll wrap that shit up right there. That's a good place to stop. Hey, bye. Bye. Bye.